before we start into Hebrews 13 and just verse 8 today. Uh, let's pray for some of our friends who are sick, including, I was just thinking about Carmela's mom, who's uh, ill in Zimbabwe. Let's pray for Carmela's mom in and out of the hospital. Um, of course, you realize that hospital and medicine, you know, outside of the UK is maybe a different deal than here. We, we complain about our NHS, but it's a whole lot better than most places in the world. Um, maybe Morgan is still ill. Um, Kevin can't be here today. Lovely to see others recovering. I'd love to see Maurice here again one Sunday soon. Yes, yes, definitely. Father, we pray for our friends today. Yes. And our relatives. Lord Jesus, we pray for your hand upon them. You are the one who relieves human suffering. You understand our weakness, our frailty. You have not only sympathy for us, but power to help us. So we submit again our friends and those we love to you. We pray for your hand upon them, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come back. So, last week we got to the end of verse 7 in Hebrews 13. Verse 8 says this. This is the whole verse. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, when you read through Hebrews 13, you think, well, why does he throw that in there? He's kind of being practical and talking about the way you behave towards one another and the way you behave towards those who lead you. And, And in the middle of that, he throws this phrase in, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, Today and forever. Well, the answer is the previous verse says this remember, honor those who led, lead you, who speak the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. The result of their conduct, the outcome of their faith, is Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Imitate those who are imitating Christ, follow those who are following Christ. The end result. Of good Christian leadership is not that they get a big name, it's that Jesus gets the honour. Jesus is the end, the result of the faith and conduct of good leaders. He's, the, he's their focus and their goal, imitate them as they imitate Christ. He is the real leader, the real shepherd. And when leaders he sent and appointed come to the end of their work in a particular local church, for whatever reason, Jesus remains. He's in charge. That's the context. Jesus Christ is the same. He doesn't change. Yes? So the gospel doesn't change. And actually, people don't change either. So the gospel doesn't need to change. If people would actually read the Bible, they'd find people here behaving just like people today. Human nature and behavior hasn't changed. And when people think, oh, it's getting really, really bad, you've no idea how bad it got at times. (laughs) You need to read through. The need of the human heart and of the human soul has not changed. So the gospel does not need to change and Jesus remains the same. 
We're reminded here in this verse that Jesus is God. He is the same and unchanging in his deity, his Godhead, Godhood. Remember, we believe in God in three persons. We sang it earlier, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are equally God, equally eternal and almighty. Jesus is the eternal and almighty God the Son from before the beginning, from eternity, and that does not change. That phrase, yesterday and today and forever, reminds me of the great statements in Revelation about the Lord. I am Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who was, who is, and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. And in the context, do you know who's saying that? The Lord Jesus is saying that. I am God Almighty, who is and was and is to come. I usually say it the wrong way around, was and is and is to come, because we used to be talking about past, present and future, and our logical minds always put that. But the first thing God wants to tell you is that he is, and he always was, and he'll stay, he'll stay the same forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It becomes part of one of the songs further on, the heavenly songs in Revelation 4. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. We learned in John chapter 1, which is a long time ago we were doing that now, that Jesus existed before all things. He created all things. He sustains and rules over all things. Before, now, future, Jesus reigns over all his creation. And the Lord Jesus, who is the maker and sustainer of all things, has the same authority now, today, this moment, that he exercised when he created the worlds. Jesus is unchangeably God. When Jesus became man, he didn't cease being God, he didn't stop being God, he didn't lay aside being God, he laid aside his privileges and depended on the Father. But Jesus is also fully man, fully God, fully human, one person, Jesus Christ. He's the same in his humanity. That's why the apostle here says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Jesus Christ is the name of a human person. The baby that was born of the Virgin was named Jesus. When he was publicly revealed to Israel and filled with the Holy Spirit, anointed, commissioned by the voice of the Father, Jesus was declared to be the Messiah, the anointed one. Only a human being could be the anointed one. Jesus Christ, fully human, as well as fully God, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he continues to be a man. I'm irritating myself by bumping into that. He continues to be a man. He who rose from the dead ascended in physical, human, bodily form to the Father. The man Christ Jesus is seated in the throne of God. The man Christ Jesus remains our great high priest, the head of the church. He has the human name still because he is still fully human. 
He will be eternally. He will not give up humanity because then we would be lost. But he is our elder brother. He is our redeemer. He's our anchor. He's the forerunner of a whole new race of people. One new man in Christ Jesus. He continues to be man. And one day he will judge the world. This is the scripture in 1 Timothy 2. There is one God and one mediator also between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. Do you notice that? The man, Christ Jesus. Doesn't Paul understand that Jesus is God? Of course he does. But he's emphasizing this. Jesus is manhood. He's humanity. You know, the, let me be a bit kind of a contemporary and a bit controversial. The Brexit talks are going really well, aren't they? It seems to me that David Davis and Michelle Barnier are like, you know, two hard-headed, hard, stern characters who are like, you go first, you go first. No, you, you, no. What's needed in that, and isn't going to happen, is what's called a mediator. Someone who sits down and says, no, you're wrong on that, but you're right on that, and you're wrong on that, but you're right on that, and makes peace. Mediates the discussion. Makes peace where there is division. Jesus is the one mediator between God and man. He has made peace. He's made reconciliation by the blood of the cross. And to this day, he's our mediator. Job in his distress cried out, oh, if only there was an umpire. It says umpire in the King James. It means mediator. If there was a mediator, someone to stand between me and God and, 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 and speak on my behalf. We've, folks, we've got him. His name is Jesus. We have a mediator. We have an intercessor. He gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. There is no other mediator. No other name will do. No other prophet will do. No other philosophy. No other doctrine. No other religion will do. Jesus is the only mediator between men and one God. He's the only message from God to men. There can't be another one, because how can you prove on the best? It's only Jesus. This same Jesus you read about in the Gospels is the same today. The same Jesus who died on the cross. The same Jesus some of the disciples saw alive from the dead. This same Jesus. I love the phrase when Jesus is ascending and, and, and being taken away from their sight. And the angels say to the disciples, who are looking up into the sky still, why are you looking up in the sky? This same Jesus, whom you've seen go, will also return. Same Jesus. You'll know him when you see him. Same Jesus. He now rules in heaven and will come again to judge the earth and bring in his eternal kingdom. Jesus, the man, the mediator, the Messiah, is the same now. Yesterday, today, and will be the same Forever. So here, I'm going to quote F.F. Bruce from his commentary here. This really sums up a lot of what we've learned as we've gone through Hebrews together. The teaching of Hebrews about the Lord Jesus. F.F. Bruce says this, Yesterday, Jesus offered up entreaties and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. Today, he represents his people in the presence of God a high priest who has a fellow feeling with them in their weaknesses. 
because he endured trials in all respects like themselves while remaining free from sin. Forever he lives this same Jesus to intercede for them. His help, his grace, his power, his guidance are permanently at his people's disposal. Why then should they lose heart? This same Jesus is the same in his love. I feel like the same with, with old um, Lockwood. I can't remember the name now. Lock, Rock, what if? What is the guy? He had diarrhea. I wish I could tell you about the love of Jesus. Something in me kind of goes, he's like, <gasps> and then I go, I can't find the words to describe the love of Christ. Jesus loves his church. Loves her enough to die for her, loves enough to put up, I say put up with her, to perfect her. (laughs) He's not putting up, he's changing us. He loves those individuals who believe and obey him. That doesn't change. Commentator Albert Barnes says, he's the same that he was when he gave himself on the cross. He has the same love and the same compassion which he had then. That love which led him to make the atonement will lead him always to regard with tenderness those for whom he died. Jesus loves me and loves me still. It's not a past tense. It continues. Past, present and future. Yesterday, today, forever. Is, was, and is to come. There are ways of saying past, present, and future. Yes, it, for those who are more scientifically minded, we prefer to kind of make it neat, past, present, and future. Yesterday, or past, stretches for us humans a long way back, doesn't it? And future is like, whoa, you know, when does that go to? Today is now. Tomorrow, tomorrow isn't today, yesterday isn't today, today's today, yes? yes. Am I confusing anybody? No. <laughs> Let me use yesterday, today, and tomorrow here to make these statements to you. Should have put that up there for you. Yesterday, Jesus was slain for us as our atoning sacrifice. Should be sacrificed, not iced. Today, he's interceding for us as our high priest. Tomorrow, he will come to bring us to our home the city of God. Now don't string me up for saying he did, when Jesus doesn't come on Monday, the 3rd or 4th of April. You understand what I'm saying here, yes? These things are immediate. They're current. They're close. Yesterday he made the world. Today he rules over it. Tomorrow he'll remake it for his eternal kingdom. Yesterday he was cradled in the manger. Today he sits on the throne of God. Tomorrow he'll sit as the judge of all. Yesterday, Jesus was crucified for our sins. Today, he's risen from the, from the dead, that should be, and reigns as king. Tomorrow, he will come and end this age. We remember our past, anticipate the future, but you can only live in now. If you spend all your time, all your thought in yesterday or tomorrow, you won't actually handle now. We are not like God. We do not have inhabit eternity. We can only live in this moment, this day, this now. Jesus says, take no anxious thought for tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. All right? 
Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof, right? Today. He gave us a prayer, which is, give us this day. Live the day prayerfully, confidently, faithfully, depending upon God. So reminded here of the immediacy of the gospel. It's now. And by the way, I'm, I'm borrowing from Luther when he said yesterday, today, tomorrow. He used that kind of language as well. The gospel is always now. The minute we treat the gospel as a history lesson, something that happened many, many years ago, we've lost the plot. For us, the life of Jesus, or the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus is like yesterday, today. It's now. It's current. It's not history. And the coming of the Lord Jesus could be soon. It could be years away, but we don't know. We've never known. Throughout history, Christians have never known. So we live in now with anticipation and with readiness. But there isn't... Yesterday he died on the cross. Today he offers you salvation. Tomorrow this age of grace closes. So there is... I love that picture. Thank you, internet. (laughs) The urgency of the gospel. There is an urgency of, in the gospel. I've known many people who when they hear the gospel message, oh yeah, that makes sense, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they say, well, what do you want to do about it? They say, oh, well, when I've done this or that, when I've made my way in life, when I've got a good job, when I settle down, you know, when I retire, then I'll begin to think about being a Christian. You can't do that. You can't put in your diary, you know, so many months or years from now, I'll, 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 I'll then begin to live as a Christian. We're commanded in Scripture to repent. That means to change our mind and therefore our way of life as well and believe in Jesus and obey him today. Not next week, not tomorrow, not next year, not later, not manana, not soon come. Today. Today. We can't trade today for sometime because sometime never happens. The time of grace, the time of faith and obedience is today. Take hold of the truth, take hold of Jesus today. What you put off until tomorrow, you will probably never do. Tomorrow isn't yours to claim. Life is short. Let's turn our yesterday, today, and forever to us, shall we? Yesterday we were born. You might think, oh no, I was born like back in the 50s or 60s. Oh, come on. In the span of time, let alone God's eternity, you were only born yesterday, folks. Really. Today, we must believe and obey the gospel. Tomorrow, you don't know about tomorrow. You don't control tomorrow. Tomorrow is not in our hands. Jesus told a story about a wealthy farmer who apparently was kind of planning for his retirement. He planned building bigger barns for his crops. He looked forward to years of peace and prosperity. Let's read it together. The land of a rich man was very productive. He began reasoning to himself. Notice that? He wasn't praying. He was talking to himself. Like the Pharisee who wasn't praying, he was only talking to himself. What shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? 
Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones, and I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, he was very good at talking to himself this morning, wasn't he? I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. Now, if God calls someone a fool, someone a fool what are they? This very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. I know I've preached this a number of times over the years and certainly I've preached this here in Lighthouse. But give me the heading. The basic mistakes this fool, because I'm allowed to call him that because God does. The basic mistakes this fool made were these. He mistook himself for God as provider. God had given him what he had. He mistook his body for his soul. He said he was talking to his soul. He wasn't talking to his soul, he was talking to his body. Body, you're going to eat and drink and rest and you'll be okay. He wasn't talking to his soul. He mistook his body for his soul. He had a soul that was accountable to God. But he was only laying up comfort for his body, his physical being. He mistook wealth for true riches. I've got plenty to get on with. No, no, no. All it takes is a moment, and all of that is worthless. And he mistook time for eternity. He mistook today for tomorrow. Another reason the Bible calls us to response and obedience today is this. Time changes everyone. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. He will never change, but you and I change. And not necessarily for the better. And we're warned by Scripture that if for a season of time, you know, we stop our ears and stiffen our necks and harden our hearts against obedience to truth, a natural consequence, far from the extraordinary grace of God, is that we will go on being deaf and stiff-necked and hard-hearted. The love of self or of wealth will increase, not decrease. If any of us thinks in our hearts we have the capacity to repent and change our minds whenever we want to, you're wrong. That's not what the Bible talks about us. It tells us we're not free, we're bound. We're bound by human nature, which is fallen, and then by our own choices, our own actions. We fetter ourselves to a way of living and a way of thinking which you will not break free from except God helps you. We form habits which bind us to a pattern of life. When we said Jesus breaks the power of sin, yes, he does. And he does it in people too. But you understand, it's his power, it's his grace that breaks those things. It's not self-will. You can no more break free of your patterns of sin than you can lift yourself up by your bootlaces. You might try, you'll fall over. So to count upon a tomorrow when I plan to change things up and get straightened out and repent and become a Christian is utterly foolish. So the message of Hebrews and the message of the gospel is repent, believe, whilst it is called today. 
Let me read a, I've got two pieces of psalms for you. Here's one, Psalm 95. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God. We are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you would hear His voice, do not harden your hearts, as Israel did. He goes on to talk about And even when you've heard His voice, through preaching, through worship, through Scripture, we still have the choice whether to regard it, receive it, respond to it, or to reject it. That was good, wasn't it? I should have written that down. That passage from Psalm 95 is referred to in Hebrews three times. Twice in Hebrews 3 and again in Hebrews 4. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. The apostle repeats it again and again. He's writing to people from a Hebrew, a Jewish background and saying, you know the psalm, you know the history. Today, if you're hearing his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't turn back, don't turn away. It's a call to urgent faith and obedience. It rings out again and again. Today, today, today. Today is the day of salvation. Today, not tomorrow. Now, not then. It's put to us by divine command. R.C. Sproul, I just saw this on an email yesterday. Right now counts. And it counts for eternity. Right here, right now, as the DJs used to do. Right here, right now. There is so much of such huge value that many people who've heard the truth and have understood something of the truth want to put off Delay. You can't do that. It is not offered to you. The gospel comes to us with, a, with this urgency. Jesus died yesterday, he's risen today, he's coming tomorrow. Repent. Change your mind, change your life. Believe in him. Follow him. And we live by faith. Hebrews 2.4, the just shall live by faith, is quoted three times in the New Testament. Galatians, Paul, Romans, Paul. Hebrews, why isn't that Paul? I don't know why people argue it isn't Paul. Hebrews 10. It's been misunderstood amongst evangelicals. I'm, I'm an evangelical, but it's been misunderstood because we've tended to express this as being the way you become a Christian is by faith. The way you enter into new life, the way you receive eternal life is by faith. Now that's true, but that's not what the verse is saying, actually. It's saying the person who is justified before God lives by faith. The person who God counts righteous continues to live by faith, not by building up their own you know, momentum and their own record and their own whatever, but they continue to live simply by faith in the one who's justified them. It's, that verse calls us to a lifetime of faith. Not a moment of faith. Faith in Christ is not a transaction, it's a lifestyle. There was a moment when you believed. Thank God for the moment that Carmela talked about earlier, and I've got my moments I could talk about too. But the moment led you into a life of faith, not a moment of faith to walk away from and park until the future. There's a mentality about being a Christian that says, I've got my ticket to heaven, I know where to keep it, thank you very much. I'll be back. 
That is not the teaching of the Bible. The just live by faith. There are tests of whether you're a Christian. There are things where we, we may assess whether the grace of God is at work in, in, in ourselves or, or in others. Because we have these hallmarks of Christianity. We continue to live in dependence upon him. Day by day by day by day by day. Faith in Jesus is for us a continuing conviction and commitment. This faith is life and life is faith and you can't separate them. It's not a transactional lifestyle. So, some people say, oh, I believed, you know, a certain day back then, whenever, whatever, you know, and I was filled with the Spirit back then, whenever, whatever. What about today? You know, the Scripture says, be filled with the Spirit. It could say today. Because that's the imperative, that's, that's, the, that's the language it's using. Now, today. You were? Great. Be it. Do it. Again. Now. Today. Believe and live in faith today. Get up tomorrow and do it all over again. Day by day by day by day. Loving and serving the Lord. Do you know if you've been baptized, you were baptized into obedience to Jesus. So go on obeying him today and then get up and do it again tomorrow. Don't delay in these things. Live this way, by the grace of God, for the glory of God today and every day. Being a Christian is not just for Sundays, you know. Even football fans don't switch on being a football fan on a Saturday as they walk to the club. They're an Arsenal or a Man U fan all week long. Christians, we seem to know how to switch off being a Christian once we've got away from church on a Sunday. <laughs> The truth is, you actually need him desperately the rest of the week. Yes? Yes. Yes. Amen. And if anything, Sundays are to be the time when you get plugged up, charged up, so you can go and live for him again. Amen. Amen. Live every day as a believing, obedient follower of Jesus. Life has changes. We change, and we change with life, and you know. It's interesting how people's character changes sometimes. I've seen that in family members. We don't always, we don't always change for the better. Do you know that? And life itself doesn't always go for the better. Life has ups and downs, peaks and troughs, joys and sorrows. But the Lord remains the same. He is our rock. Amen. Here's another psalm, Psalm 102. Did you know that Psalms have headings, some of them? And, and in a good Bible, they're verse zero <laughs> instead of one. Because they are inspired. They are there by, by, by the inspiration of God. And so here's verse zero. Psalm 102 is a prayer of the afflicted when he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord. How many of you have ever been there? Okay, that's five of us who are honest. Okay. Oh, a few more. Thank you. You've been faint. You've poured out your complaint before the Lord. It's okay to do that. It's not always helpful to do it with other people around and, you know, you pull them down with you. But get a quiet place and pour out your heart before the Lord. Verse 23, we're going to jump to. He has weakened my strength in the way. He has shortened my days. I say, I say, Oh my God, do not take me away in the midst of my days. Your years are throughout all generations. Of old you founded the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. 
Even they will perish, but you endure. And all of them will wear out like a garment, like clothing. You will change them, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not come to an end. The children of your servants will continue, and their descendants will be established before you. Now, why did I pick that song? Here's the reason. Because in Hebrews chapter 1, Paul quotes verse 25, 26, and 27 of that psalm as being about Jesus. It's about him. Now, if Scripture tells us this is about Jesus, guess what? It's about Jesus. He remains the same. Even when the cosmos is being renewed by the fiery visitation of God, He remains the same. His years do not fail. He does not change. So wherever we are in life and whatever is happening, that should be our confession and our cry, even if it's from a desperate heart. Lord, you are the same. He's our rock. We live for the day to come after the last day, the return of Lord Jesus when we will live in an eternal day with no night, living in the presence and light of our Lord. But Jesus clearly teaches us again and again in the Gospels that the way we live for that day is to live well now, today. Not to be like those disciples looking up into the sky. Get back into Jerusalem, get on with what he's given you to do. Serve him well today. Go and do what he's given you to do today with all your heart. Even prepare work for tomorrow in case he doesn't come tomorrow. Those who serve the Lord Jesus well are busy about his business, not looking up in the sky, not calculating a forward plan of when they think he might come. And do you know everybody who's ever done that's been wrong so far? You think you're, do, you think you're doing better? Or some guy in America's going to do better? They've all been proved wrong. Give it up. Give it up! It's a foolish thing to do. I predict that Jesus will come in... Fool! (laughs) You might as well hang a notice on your neck. Fool! Kick me when I'm wrong. You know, I wish we could. Anyway, the way we prepare for the return of Jesus is to live with all our heart and all our energy for him right now today no delay no manana you know that's the Spanish expression that's terribly pronunciation those of you from the West Indies understand soon come yeah. everybody has their expression about well it'll do whenever no it won't today today begin today to live this life of faith Trusting God through Jesus, honouring him, serving him, loving him, obeying him. Because he will be the same towards us, towards you. The same in his power, the same in his wisdom, the same in his love, the same in his person. He does not change. Go and read the Gospels. Get to know him, please. 
and say, is this the same Jesus? Yes, Jesus is the same. Does he still love babies and kiddies? Yes, he still loves babies and kiddies. Is he still kind to the needy? Yes, he's still kind to the needy. He's the same. Get to know him. <laughs> Lockridge, that's his name. Isn't it? Do you know him? Let's pray together. Let me ask you that question seriously, not humorously. Do you know him? Has there been a beginning in your life of knowing Jesus Christ? Fully God, fully human. The one who lived for us, the one who died for us on the cross, the one who rose again for us. The one who even now reigns and rules in heaven for us. This person. Jesus the Messiah. This same Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Do you know him? There was a moment in my life when I was 18, when after years of resisting him, years of, you know, what I talked about earlier, stopped to stiff neck, hard heart, deliberately, desperately trying to get away from all my Christian upbringing, all my background, when, to cut a very long story short, quite suddenly, I was on my own in the middle of a field and I encountered the presence of Jesus and it shattered me. Absolutely. You maybe have seen me cry sometimes. I tell you, I wailed my heart out in that field. I told him he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't love me. I didn't deserve it. I, t I told him that, that I didn't deserve this. I, I, t I told him all sorts of reasons to go away again, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He got a hold of me. Why don't you just take this moment to say, Jesus, please be real to me. Win my heart to you so that I learn to love you and obey you and follow you. This day could be the new day. And the first day of new life, of faith in Jesus. If you will ask him to help you right now and open your heart to him. Why don't you do that right now? And others of us, so, you know, the lesson of Israel was they had to go out every morning and new manna was on the ground. They had to go and gather it and eat it and every day, every day, eat it, eat. Those things are lessons to us of spiritual realities. Every day of our lives, we need to feast on Jesus. He needs to be something fresh to us, not something yesterday, not something old, not something historical, but fresh, new today. Scripture says his mercies are new every morning. That means you need to get up and get a hold of them. Yeah? You've got to take hold of them. You've got to eat them. You've got to enjoy them. Manna, manna, manna. Every day, every day. Every day. Every day living by faith. Every day confidently depending upon the love and grace and power and wisdom of God through Jesus. Every day calling on his name. Every day confessing his name. No day's different. No day off. 
every day. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the unchanging one. We bow our hearts and our heads to worship you again. You are the eternal one, the almighty. Ancient of days. You are and were and are to come. You are the Almighty, equal with the Father and with the Spirit. Jesus, you are eternal God. And are we so are amazed that you have taken upon yourself to become fully human and you will not let go of it because that is our anchor, our surety, that we have a man in heaven <laughs> who says to us, where I am, there you will be also. We thank you that you live to be our mediator and our intercessor, to rule and reign over us so that you, we benefit from your providence, your kindness, your provision, day after day after day. Even when we didn't ask for it, we're not grateful for it. We acknowledge you to be the Lord from beginning to end. Submit our hearts to you, Lord, and pray that we might learn to live in a daily faith. And the God who calls us to himself for fresh supplies of grace and help and provision day after day after day. We say with the pattern prayer that you gave us, Lord Jesus, give us this day our daily bread. All that we need is promised to us, we simply come and ask you and receive from you. Strength, health, life, food, clothing, housing, they are your provision to us day after day after day. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Why don't you sing with me? Christ alone